My name is Melissa, and whether you're here each and every week, or this is your first time, or your first time in a long time, I sure am glad that we get to be together this morning. In just a few weeks, many of us will tune in to the 2018 Winter Olympics. We'll cheer for different countries and different people. I love a good competition. But even more than the competition, I love when we get an opportunity to look behind the curtain a little bit, when we hear a little bit about the story of the athletes. I love knowing what makes them tick. I love knowing why they compete and how they dig deep when they hit an obstacle or a failure. I love the stories behind the athletes. It's incredible. I was reading a story just the other day about Simone Biles. She's an Olympic gymnast. And Simone, when she was a child, her mom was addicted to drugs and therefore she ended up being placed in a foster care. Eventually, Simone got adopted by her grandparents, which is incredible. And she would go on to earn several gold medals in the 2016 Olympics. We would not choose to write struggle into our story. I know I don't choose to write struggle into my story. And yet, oftentimes, it is those struggles that form who we are. We become who we are, not in spite of our struggles, but oftentimes because of our struggles. One of the greatest struggle stories that I know of with an incredible faith actually comes from my mom. My mom was born with a hereditary rare form of emphysema called alpha-1 antitrypsin. And by the time she had reached her 40s, the doctors had determined that her lungs had deteriorated to the point that she should be placed on the waiting list for a double lung transplant. During that time of her life, she struggled to do the things that we take for granted every day. She struggled to brush her teeth, to take a shower, to make a meal for her family. So in that moment, in that struggle, she had to decide whether she was going to continue to fight not to die or if she was gonna choose to fight to live. In that place, she had to make that decision. She began gathering different information, looking at facts. She started talking to people who had had transplants before. She understood the risk that was associated with the surgery. The surgical team prepped her for the fight that would actually occur after the surgery. There would be a fight, they told her, because the rest of your body would perceive the new lungs as a foreign object and would wage a war against them. They told her that she would have to expect as the new entered a body that had adjusted to the old that there would be a struggle. They told her that likely one day she would wake up with a new set of lungs and that she would have to trust that those lungs would do what they were supposed to do because her body and her mind would start screaming at them. You can't do that. Remember what happened the last time you tried to go on a walk with your family and you didn't make it? Don't get your hopes too high. You cannot climb stairs because her body and her mind had adjusted to the old. They said, you're gonna have to remind yourself that the old is gone and the new is here because we have a natural tendency towards the old. We have a natural tendency, our human nature is towards the old, the comfortable, the familiar. That's where we naturally go. 
Over time, I got to watch her faith grow, and it grew to the point that her hope in what could be was greater than her past, greater than her present, and greater than any fear that she had of the future. In 2004, she did get those new lungs, and the fight was incredibly difficult in the days, months, and even years beyond that. But what my mom did in that time, in that struggle, was start to create for our family a legacy of faith. She created, in the midst of a struggle, a legacy of believing in things that we don't yet see. From her struggle, that faith came. Paul, the author of over half of the New Testament, had some things to say about the old and the new. Paul was a Pharisee a religious leader of his time, and he was known for being hostile towards Christians. He breathed hate, threats, and murder against the followers of Christ, the followers of Jesus Christ. He hated them. And then one day, Paul encounters Jesus. He goes from knowing about him to knowing him, and his life is changed dramatically. He goes from persecuting followers to becoming a follower himself. His story is incredible. The next time you are jonesing for an extreme makeover show or a fixer-upper, I would encourage you, grab your Bible and look into Paul's story. It is absolutely incredible. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. These words are brief, but they are profound and they are significant. Anytime we see the word therefore in the Bible, we should pause and say, what is it therefore? Because therefore always comes after something that has already happened, therefore. So if we jump up a few verses before this to 2 Corinthians 14, we read, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once reg regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. When we are in Christ, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, the point of view changes. It goes from worldly to godly. It's as if there's a cosmic pivot that takes place. We are not just old creatures that have been forgiven of our sins. God says that we are a new creation, and as being a new creation in Christ, that we are his sons, and that we are his daughters. In Christ, our sin debt is canceled. Our relationship with God is restored, and our eternity is secure. The old has gone, and the new is here. Paul's faith, Paul's faith is not naive, and it is not necessarily optimistic. Paul's faith is not for just the whimsical and wishful thinkers amongst us. He has seen the worst in himself and the worst in humanity. He has not turned a blind eye to the pain within or the pain around the world. And yet, 
His faith was sure. At one point, Paul writes that he was burdened excessively beyond his own strength, despaired even of life, and yet he knew that his only hope in this life and the life to come is in Jesus. His faith was sure because it was in something, it was in God, which is greater than our past, greater than our current circumstances, and greater than any fear that we have of the future. At the age of 25, I encountered the love of Jesus. I was a 25-year-old who was numbing the pain of my story with a lot of wine. Pain that included a dad, shame that my dad had committed murder and suicide. Shame that comes from becoming a single mom at 19 and all of the things people say about girls like that. Shame, regret, regret, because I was living with knowing that I had stolen money from my employer. And I regretted it so much that I said, that regret goes with me to the grave. And then I encountered Jesus. And he called me his daughter. And he said, the old is gone and the new is here. You are in Christ. Even greater than forgiveness of our past, our present, and our future sin, even greater than the promise of eternal life, is God himself. He invites us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He doesn't just want to forgive our sins. He wants to sit with us at the dinner table and be our Father, our Heavenly Father. He wants to be in a relationship with us. My friend often said that that is an outrageous love of another kind. We cannot even fathom God's love for us. Near the end of his life, in a letter to Timothy, Paul writes, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Here we see a direct connection between Paul's faith, his fight, and his finish. His faith remains secure even in the face of trouble and hardship. Paul knew that just because the new is here doesn't mean that struggle won't come. Paul didn't immediately enter heaven for eternity upon placing his faith in Jesus. He knew that he would need to press on in the days ahead, that we would need to press on in the days ahead. He knew that there would be hindrances and enemies to, to our faith because our old voices, our current circumstances, and our fear of the future can be absolutely paralyzing at times. Just last year, after being a Christ follower for what I would consider many years, I found myself running in the wrong direction, running from God, not just walking, but running back toward a shallow life that was self-centered, self-serving because I had stopped pressing on because we have a natural tendency toward our rebellious ways. We are drawn toward the old. In those quiet moments when I realized what was happening, pride and shame whispered to me, you're such a fake. I can't believe you did that. Shouldn't you be further along in your journey by now? You're gonna embarrass your family. Just keep it to yourself. No one else needs to know. You can live in that quiet place of desperation. And then love and hope and humility whispered, 
It's gonna be hard. It is. You're gonna have to admit you're wrong, which for me sometimes feels worse than death. You're gonna have to admit that you were wrong. You're gonna have to explain yourself, apologize and ask for forgiveness from God and from those around you. But you are no longer a slave to sin. You are no longer a slave to sin and fear because you are my son, you are my daughter. And as sons and daughters, we are still going to face sin and we're still gonna face fears. And yet our faith is in something that's greater than our past, greater than our current circumstances, and greater than any fear that we face in the future. Maybe for you, fear has become paralyzing. Maybe you're overwhelmed with the pain in our world. You watch the news for five minutes and I'm somewhere between, I wanna do something and I can't do anything. It's overwhelming. Maybe you're overwhelmed by the relationships in your family or with your friends that, that don't look the way you hope that they would look or you're overwhelmed when you look at your bank account. Maybe the voices from your past need to be reminded that the old is gone and the new is here. Maybe you need to press on trusting and knowing that God is going to finish the good works that he began in you because he does not leave us or ever forsake us. None of us are too far gone from the outrageous love of our heavenly father. His arms are always open. There is always room for a new son and a new daughter. He is open for adoption all the time. He wants a relationship with us. This faith is the foundation for any fight that we face because struggles and fights, they still come. But our faith is in something that's greater than our past, greater than our present, and greater than any fears that we have of the future. If there is still breath in your lungs, then you're not finished. God is not finished working in and through you. And as you persevere, perseverance will continue to work in you that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Paul, you and me, we're all on a journey. And God says, if you are in Christ, if you have placed your trust in Jesus, then he wants you to be baptized. There's an opportunity coming up on January 28th for you to go public through the act of baptism and share your story. We would find it an honor and absolutely love to walk with you through that step of obedience. Please let us know if there's anything at all we can do to help you with that. Let's pray. God, we are overwhelmed that you would invite us to be your sons and daughters. We trust that the new work you've begun in those who have placed their faith in Jesus will one day be complete on a universal scale God, help us as we look around at our circumstances and the pain in this world. Help us fight the good fight with everything you've trusted to us, the gospel, our strengths, gifts, and resources. Let us stand firm in your love and grace. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Amen.